with other people's thoughts all day long and it's all loud we miss out on the still small voice of God who is the only person's thoughts who actually matters and what you have is we are constantly bombarded with inferior thoughts from people and we're waiting their opinions when the only person's opinion who should be weighty is God there's something startling about quiet We live in such a noisy world, constantly bombarded by so many voices, that silence is a rare thing. Because of this, you're not alone in feeling like it's weird and uncomfortable. Well, today, Pastor Daniel encourages you to quiet the noise and embrace the silence, because that's where you'll hear the still, small voice of the Lord. God is speaking to you, sharing his thoughts, but you have to quiet your spirit to hear him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 139 as he begins a brand new message called God Thinks About You. All right, so I have a question for everybody. Okay, honesty, here we go. How many of you said at some point in your life, when I grow up, I'm never gonna be like my parents? Oh, so good. A couple people are like, my dad's right there. Right? It's, like, it's like at some point, all kids have that thought. Because obviously, when you're a child, your parents, they do things the way that you wouldn't do it, right? Now, for those of you who are older, because we were honest about that almost all of us felt that way, how many of you remember the first time your parents came out of your mouth to your kids? Horrifying, right? It's like, because it's that part of you that like you see your parents and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do things the way my parents do it. But there's something so powerful about the socialization that happens with our parents. I was just thinking about this the other day because, you know, as a child, I know it's not going to come as a shock to anybody. But like I was like your classic strong-willed child. You know, so I was like, no, (laughs) totally, right? And so I grew up in one of those families. I didn't realize at the time, but I grew up in one of those families that like whatever mom put on the table, you had to eat. Right? And, and if you didn't eat it, it was going to be sitting on the table for the next meal, and you had to eat that first. Does any of you grow up in families like that? A few of you. Now we realize it was child abuse. Back then it was just how we lived. You know what I mean? So I literally, I would wake up the next morning, and there'd be milk sitting out from yesterday. Same glass, half drunk, almost like the film of the old milk. Pretty nasty, right? Yeah. Did any of you, were any of you that stubborn? I remember my dad used to be like, Daniel, if you're just drinking now, it's going to be nasty tomorrow morning, you know what I mean? But sure enough, I'd wake up the next morning and it would be like my sisters would have like sugar cereal and I'd have like an old glass of milk. I'd be like, this is nasty. And in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to do that to my kids until I had kids. And I'll never forget that Obadiah was like a little dude, didn't want to drink his milk. I'm like, that's going to be here for you to drink tomorrow, buddy. (laughs) Not thinking. Obadiah shows up the next morning, and Lynn's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that, Daniel. I'm like, you're right. Why did I do that? 
Now, I, I, I do it, I say that in jest, and I realize that for all of us with our parents, there are things that they did well and things that they didn't do well. There are things that, like, you're like, yeah, maybe that's not the best thing, and other things you're like, man, I'm really happy I learned that. And it is a mixed fan. Some of you had super godly parents, and your parents are like the second coming of Jesus, and we're all jealous, you know what I mean? And, and, and hopefully you'll be that way for your kids. But, but for all of us, there's just a mixed bag that you learn. And so much of life is coming to terms with, this is what I understand life to be and how I'm supposed to move through it, and then there is that tension that we all feel about who we're supposed to be. And whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, all of us have almost like an internal dissonance between the person that we find ourselves to be and how we treat people and how we act and then who we really want to be deep in our hearts. Now, I say all of us feel that way. Obviously, if you're a follower of Jesus... The presence of the Spirit of God within you and that standard of this is how we should move through the world in the name of Jesus is very much there. But even for people who don't know Jesus, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that God has placed eternity in our hearts. And what that means is that for each one of us, there is deep within us, even if it's covered over layers of pain and hurt, struggle, questions about God, there is still something within you that says there's definitely more. And I think the reason, if you're not a follower of Jesus, that you'd be watching this service or you're here is because there's a party that's like, there's got to be, be more to this. And that's like a God-given thing. Everybody has it. And everybody is on that journey, in a sense, because of it. And what I think is really beautiful is that no matter where, what your background is, no matter how messed up upbringing was, no matter what life has looked like, one of the things that God wants to do in all of our lives is give us a new way of seeing the world. It's like, like we've, been, we've been raised by our parents, but then when Jesus enters our life, now all of a sudden there's like a new, a re-socialization that happens where God's purposes and plans are starting to make space in our hearts and lives so that we would live differently in this world. You know, in some ways all of us have a, a story that we're, that we're living out, and God wants to write a fresh story. And it's beautiful, even if you're like, well, listen, Fusco, like, I've been, around, I've, been, I've been on this earth a lot of times around the sun, man. I've been here for a while. Listen, God wants to write fresh chapters. You know, and that's the beauty of life in Christ. And so we're doing this series in Psalm 139 called Radiant because there's a verse in the scriptures that says that they looked unto him, speaking of God, and they were radiant. And I believe that God wants to lend his own radiance to all of our lives. God wants our lives to be a reflection of the radiance of God into this world. And part of the journey of life is like you have all these things going on, work and family and issues and finances and health, and there's all this stuff going on. And in the midst of all this stuff, it's like what does it look like to see the Lord and let his radiance reflect in and through our lives. And it's a challenge that I think we all have. And that's why in studying Psalm 139, we're constantly looking at who is God because we all live our lives in response. We live our lives in response to circumstances, response to challenges. And ultimately, if a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, we should be living our lives in response to who God is. And so today, we're going to look at just two verses, but these two verses have a lot in it, and I think it's really, 
relevant for all of us. So open your Bible, Psalm 139. We're going to take verses 17 and 18 together. So Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. If you brought your Bible, open that thing up. Psalms is pretty much right in the center of your Bible, maybe a little left of the center. It's the largest book in your Bible, 150 Psalms. Of course, if you have a smart device or whatever, you can open up your phone or your tablet or however you like to do that. Go to your favorite browser window, Bible app. Type in Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. And if you've been traveling with us, we've been learning about all the different omnis of God. Everyone knows all the omnis of God now? Yes. Things like God is omnipresent, which is that God is always everywhere. God is omniscient. means God knows everything about everything. God is omnipotent. God is the all-powerful one, the one who is also sustaining everything. And so much of this psalm is David, in the, being the human author of this inspired psalm, is responding to who God is, and he keeps kind of landing himself in, in praise, in worship. And I always like to tell people that everybody is hardwired to worship. It's the reason why people at a sporting event cheer. Because it's like we're wired to respond to our experience. And here's what I want to tell you. If you do not choose to worship the true and living God, you will misplace that worship. Because you're hardwired to do it. And so if you choose not to give God the worship he is rightfully due, you will misplace that worship onto things like relationships. Listen, there's no way to set up your spouse for greater failure than to worship them. Right? You, you place that on your kids. You place it on your career. No, listen. Spouses, kids, careers, these are not bad things, but they're not ultimate things. And when you take a good thing and you make it an ultimate thing, it becomes a bad thing, right? And so everyone's wired to worship. So we have to make sure that we rightly place our worship on God. And as we know God, we will worship him more. So look at what it says, Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. It says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, if I should count them they would be more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Two simple verses, a couple sentences, pregnant with meaning for us, though. Now, I want you to notice first, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. And what this should mean, or what it does mean, what it should mean to us, is that God's thoughts are precious. God's thoughts are precious precious. David is responding to God being always everywhere, being all-knowing, God creating him in his mother's womb. And he's like, oh, and Lord, and, and how precious are your thoughts to me? Now, what's beautiful is the word precious in the Hebrew language literally means it is weighty. It has weight. Now, I think this is important because we live in a day and age where everybody is entitled to their opinion, right? Does everyone like having your own opinions? Yeah. No, of course you do. Everyone has an opinion, you know. But really what you have to realize, and I think what this verse reminds us of, is that everyone is entitled to their opinion, but wisdom dictates that you would weight certain opinions bit greater than other opinions. Like I was talking about my son, my son Obadiah, he's a, such a cool kid, deep kid. He takes after his mom, you know. It's like just as a, like a smart, thoughtful kid. And we were talking about like the world in which like, you know, he's growing up in. And he said to me, he's like, you know, Dad, he's like, some people think that culture is becoming less educated. And if you don't believe me, just look on social media and you'll see, you know. Oh, you guys didn't get that joke? Yeah, you'll get it later. Don't worry. 
Everyone's going to be like, oh. You know, he's like, but, but over there, it's like, it's not that the culture's gotten less educated. It's just that everyone has an equal voice through the vehicle of social media. And I was like, bro, that's really, really interesting. So we started talking about that. And he's like, you know, back in the day, if you wanted your opinion, you had to be a reporter. You had to get on the news. But now everybody has an equal opinion, right? And so I'm like, okay, that's cool. So everyone, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm like, but you know what, buddy? I have one rule of life. Don't take advice from people who are idiots. And he just looked at me. Because he was like, he was like, Dad, you know, I was, I was like watching this thing on TikTok, and, you know, and there was like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, first issue right there. Now, all the older people, you're like, what's TikTok? Or you're like, of course. But listen, like, if you get your opinions from some commentator who gets paid to say salacious things, then it's like getting your info on TikTok. So we're all in this together, Right? So the question becomes, if in a world where, you see how I just did that, I just nailed everybody. Just, everyone's shell-shocked, like, what's, what's we doing today? So here's the deal. Brothers and sisters, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but a wise person will weight God's thoughts above everybody else's. And I believe that this is the big battleground of all of our lives, is that in a world full of opinions, people are yelling into the megaphone of social media. Oh, and don't miss, if you're the kind of person who gets your thoughts from social media, you're actually not receiving your thoughts from a person. You're actually receiving them from an algorithm that is designed to keep you engaged. So if they know that you like certain types of media, be it on the left or on the right of the spectrum, be it this or that, they will show you more and more and more of it because it's a free service. You're the product. They get paid by you staying on there as long as possible. So they actually, a computer is gearing what you're seeing so that all of a sudden you're living in an echo chamber of hearing the same things over and over and over and over again. Everyone knows that this is happening, right? Yes. Right? So you're not actually getting the thoughts of people. You're getting your thoughts from a computer trying to keep you on the site. Now, what's really amazing about this is what you have now in this day and age, you should not get your scientific information from your friend who you cut biology class with. Can I get an amen? amen. I, I'm amazed that between WebMD and social media, everybody is a virologist at this point. I'm just like, bro, like in the end of the day, listen, you can take your science ideas from your friend if you're that kind of person, but my Bible would call that foolishness. Now, I'm just not talking about science. I'm talking about everything. Because what we have is we have our attention is a commodity, and our culture functions to keep your attention. And everything is loud because many of us have these little devices in our pockets. They buzz because we let them notify us about everything. Like, who cares that, you know, someone sold a stock or something? Who cares that some rich person decided to fly so high in the air that they just made it above where we go with our airplanes? And we're like, whoa. It's like, no, they just, that's what you do when you have money to waste, I guess. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. When you're bombarded with other people's thoughts all day long, and it's all loud, we miss out on the still, small voice of God who is the only person's thoughts who actually matters. And what you have is we are constantly bombarded with inferior thoughts from people, and we're waiting their opinions. When the only person's opinion who should be weighty is God. Now, here's what I want to tell you. You're like, well, well, so Fusco, great. So you're saying, don't take everyone else's advice. Don't take everyone else's. What is God's opinion? What is God's thoughts? And I would say, amen. You say, well, where can I get it? Well, brothers and sisters, listen, God's thoughts are found in God's word. God's thoughts are found in God's word. 
And I'm here to tell you, if you, if you go on to your screen time thing and how much time you spend on social media, if you spend four hours on social media and you spend four seconds in God's word, you, gotta, you shouldn't be surprised that you're not thinking God's thoughts. Good old Einstein. Can everyone agree that Einstein was a pretty smart dude and he had great hair? <laughs> Einstein said, I want to know God's thoughts because all the rest are what? Details. See, he's saying, listen, in all of his learning, he's like, I want to know what the Almighty knows. I want to know what God is thinking about. I'm here to tell you, God's thoughts are found in God's word. And brothers and sisters, you need to be people of the book. Because what I want to tell you is, is if you allow our culture to feed you its thoughts, then you will think like this culture. And if you feast on the word of God and allow God's word to tell you his thoughts, then you will see the world as God sees the world and it will be completely different. So you got to ask yourself, who's thoughts hold the most weight in your heart? Because here's what I want to tell you. Maybe along the way someone told you that you're not worth it, that you're not good enough. Maybe someone who, you, you know, I fell in love with this person and then they left because they told me that I, I, you know, I was not nice or I was never going to be successful, and you hold on to that thing. But what's amazing is, is God's word tells you that God loves you and God is for you. Somebody maybe told you that you're disposable. God says, man, listen, I want, I'm going to redeem you for all eternity. Someone along the way may have said to you, listen, you will never amount to anything. And God says, no, no, I'm going to place my Holy Spirit within you. And I'm going to set you apart. And I'm going to call you. And I'm going to empower you. If you ever want to know what does God think about me, all you need to do is look at the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ teaches us everything we need to know about how God sees us. Because the cross teaches us two things about all of us. First, that you and I are more jacked up than we'd ever, ever tell anybody. And being jacked up is not like I'm jacked up like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day and I'm so, I'm so ripped. It means like you're broken. The cross, Jesus died on the cross because we're broken. Because we're flawed. You never tell anyone you're as actually messed up as you are. But the, Bible, but the cross doesn't only tell us that we're jacked up. It also tells us that we are loved with a greater love than we can ever imagine because God loved the world so much. And if you ever wonder, who am I? What does God think about me? All you have to do is look at the cross. Now, I know there's some of you, you're hearing this, you're like, well, Fusco, that might be fine for you, man. But, like, you don't know about my story. Listen, you're right, I don't. But the God who knows your story, the God who's always been everywhere, who knows everything about you, who knows why you did what you did, not even why you did what you did, but the, the habits behind the reasons why you did what you did. He, see, he sees you more clearly than you could ever see yourself, and he still says, Come to me. Let me take your sin. Let me take your shame. Yeah, you're broken. But there's no brokenness or sinfulness that is beyond the power of the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. And that's the gospel. But we only get there if we weight God's opinion rather than someone else's. Like we live in a culture today. They call it the cancel culture. Because our culture, it's, it's like a secular version of righteousness. Which means you always have to do everything right which is a riot, really. Because what, people don't change? People don't realize? How many of you realize that you were really, really not that smart like 10 years ago? Yeah. How many of you think your parents were out to lunch when they were, you know, when you were growing up? They just had no clue. All you young people, your kids are gonna think you're out to lunch. Like, that's what happens. It's like, we look over time and we're like, thank God I'm not what I used to be. But our culture says, someone fails, we cancel them. Jesus says, someone fails, we redeem them. 
And so you look at it, and I was talking to someone, it's not cancel culture, it's consequence culture. I'm like, well, bro, then you need Jesus, because the, con- the wages of sin is death. I mean, being canceled on, on social media is nothing compared to being eternally separated from God. It's like, we live in a culture of consequences, but Jesus came and said, look, although you deserve damnation, I'm going to not only save you, I'm going to invite you in my family, I'm going to see you with my Holy Spirit. But if we do not weight the thoughts of God above the thoughts of our political culture, our divided culture, our social media culture, our superficial culture, then we'll never actually see things for what they really are. We'll never actually live in true freedom. This reminds me of Psalm 92, verse 5. Oh, Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. I love that. God thinks deep thoughts. Which is challenging to a superficial culture, isn't it? I was just talking to someone the other day. They don't believe in Jesus. They're like, man, so like, you know, you're, you're, you believe in Jesus? Yeah, you're a pastor. Yeah, the Bible's full of contradictions. How do you deal with that? I'm like, it is full of contradictions. They looked at me. Really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, bro, the Bible's deep. Like, God is God. And I'm like, you know, you, you want it to be like a, a pop song. Man, the Bible's jazz. Like, like it's like... It's designed to make you think about things. And we live in a culture that everything is like a little gotcha phrase. And it's like, listen, God's word isn't just a bunch of gotcha phrases. It's like God is God. This stuff is deep. And brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. If you become a person who wants to think God's thoughts, then you have to be, you can't be surface level. I always like to say, if you rake, you get leaves. And if you dig, you get diamonds. I never met someone like, oh, I got this leaf engagement ring from my spouse. It's so beautiful. He just went on out, you know what I mean? He just like kind of got some, some things and he tied it together. No, it's like, you, you know, and they say diamonds are a girl's best friend. That's what the culture says. God says, Jesus is your best friend. Can I get an amen? See, I did that. I'm such a pastor. So funny. <laughs> but here's the deal. It's like, in the word of God, are you, are you raking or digging? I want to encourage you. Let's be, this church is designed for people to go deeper in the word of God. And not deep, weird not deep esoteric, but when you find something in the Bible that's confusing, do you ever think that God puts confusing things in the Bible just so we'd seek him harder? God's like, listen, I don't want you to be on the surface. So do you ever think that God doesn't answer your prayer right away because God wants to draw you deeper into his heart? He wants to teach you other things. You just want the answer. You want the outcome. God's like, actually, I want to change your life. But we often don't think that way. But if you see in the Bible... That's what God does. Like, you think about from the earliest prophecy about the coming of Jesus all the way back in the book of Genesis, it was thousands of years until the Messiah came. Be like, why was God waiting? Well, maybe God wanted to wait for the Greek empire to come into power after the Egyptians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Medo Persians, if you guys remembered and weren't sleeping through world history. The Greeks came, and what did they do? They developed infrastructure all through the, the known empire. And then the Romans came and they took their infrastructure to the next level. And then when Jesus came, the gospel got out in one generation at a time. It would have been impossible without all the roads and all the infrastructure that was there, the commerce cities, all these different things. So was God smart in doing what he did? You bet your bottom dollar, Daddy Warbucks. Come on. But why didn't God do it sooner? Well, because God's got a different plan. Jesus is Are you raking or digging? This is the question that Pastor Daniel closed with today. 
He implored you to go deep into God's Word and let Jesus change your life through the truth that's found there. Pastor Daniel shared that sometimes God doesn't answer your questions because He wants to give you more than a tidy box or quick fix. He wants you to grow, to be transformed into the deepest parts of your being. God longs to heal those broken places and straighten those crooked paths. So dig deep and invite him in today. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at jesusisrealradio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will continue to unpack Psalm 139 and what it says about God's thoughts and how they should matter to you. You'll find that pondering what God thinks will humble you. Like David, the Apostle Paul, and many others, you'll realize that God's thoughts are overwhelming, far beyond what you can understand. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Radiant. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 